Welcome to the Interns Hope Church Run the Podcast. I'm Jesse Brumfield. And I'm Isaac Little. We are two Americans living on mission in Wales. And we're uh, both inviting you guys to uh, walk with us as we talk about what it is and what it looks like to be life on mission in another country. Okay, welcome back. Another week of the Interns Podcast. Welcome. And this week, we're going to be talking about doubting your calling. Um, So Isaac and I both have shared with you all, our audience, our listeners, beloved listeners, about how we felt clearly called to go to Wales, and we felt clearly called to be on mission, and like just abundantly obvious that this was the next step for us. But what I think we both want to get across is just because you hear God really clearly, just because you know what your next step is and it's been made obvious, does not mean that once you get there or once you're in the middle of whatever it is, for us, it's moving to another country and going on mission. For other people, it might be a new job or uh, serving at your church or serving your neighbors, like whatever that calling or mission is, you can still doubt it. Like you can hear so clearly and then still be in it and start to doubt that you actually heard God, or you might feel like you have some new calling. And so that's just uh, a bit of what we want to cover today and talk about our own personal experience with it, because I'll speak for myself. I have definitely doubted. Isaac. Definitely doubted. doubted. Definitely doubted. Uh, Definitely, yeah. I think more than anything, what to take away from this episode is that that's normal. Like, doubt is normal. It is. It comes from every angle. There's a, or multiple angles that it can come from. Yeah. So, Isaac, tell us a little bit. Um, if you want to share your own personal experience with doubt, great. If not, that's fine. Or you can focus on what you did when you started to doubt. So I was thinking of uh, two, two, two things of doubt. Sometimes it's when you start to doubt uh, something that's going on or and that you realize that you've you just now realized that, oh, wait, I've been doubting. I've had a... Uh, a false expectation from the very beginning. And now I'm just now realizing that I've been doubting this the entire time. Isaac, and, that's uh, so good. And I was just thinking you about sneaky. Yeah, definitely. And I was just thinking of that word doubt, like that, that doubt doesn't come from God. It, it doesn't, co- it, it comes from either us or the enemy. And so like for me, I just say, for me, how do I do that? I was thinking of Second um, Corinthians chapter nine. It's one of my favorite verses, uh, and it's verse eight. And God is able to make all, every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. Some, some translations say, "And God is able to make uh, grace abound toward you in all sufficiency." And having everything that you need, and I I love that verse because it, the first time that I ever heard it, it was a 
it was a Southern Baptist preacher. He was teaching on how different Southern Baptists would say this phrase. And so it was, it was amazing. He read it out and he was like, this is the way that, you know, our congregation would say it. And he did it with um, excitement and authority. And then the second guy, he did the second impression, which was a different one, which was very um, monotone, monologued. And it was um, almost like the, like he was talking through his nose. It was very, um, <laughs> and so, and then the, the, the third one was, um, where he would be like, and God, can I get an amen? Amen. He's able. He is able. You know, and they were getting really excited. And so he's breaking it down word for word uh, to make, you know, to make grace. Grace isn't God good. He's got. The... And so um, from then on, I, I just realized how much grace has um, a part in our life where God has provided us grace for every challenge every trial, every suffering for us, there's always enough. And you can always go back to, um, you know, Hebrews chapter 11. Now, is a, a, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and is the evidence of things not seen. And, and there's an entire chapter about how men walked out by faith and believing what God had for them. And they held on to that no matter what the doubt was or the trial or the suffering. And so in second Corinthians chapter 10, the next chapter, um, he touches on it again, but in a different way. How do we deal with doubt for though we live in a body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way since the weapons of warfare are not worldly, but are powerful through God for the demonstration of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and taking every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience has been confirmed. Mm. Um, so I would say the number one way uh, is well, one of the ways to answer um, this question of doubt and, and our calling is align it with scripture. Does it align with scripture? Is it, is it true? So we're searching for the truth and the roots of this doubt. Yeah. Um, another way is leadership. And I was thinking about how, you know, I go to multiple men in my life and talk to them uh, about troubles about issues that they know about and that they're praying for me, you know, they're trying to build me up and give me encouragements. Um, because I, I think the biggest doubter in the room of myself is me. I don't yeah. think anybody else can doubt me more than me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the prayer journaling, like also listening to what God has to say, what leaders have to say, what scripture has to say. Yeah. And then, the last thing I was thinking was just obedience. Um, when you go back to that second Corinthians chapter 10, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. Well, why are we taking every thought captive? We're doing it because we're, we're called to obey Christ and that, that has no room for doubt. Um, yeah. And that's the grace. That's that, that's the answer to the grace. That's the grace that we have in Christ is that, uh, we don't need room for doubt because 
we're able to take every thought captive to obey Christ because he's given us the grace to walk that out. That's so good, Isaac. I think like doubt's just a weird thing and it's mostly in our own heads. It's our thoughts. And so your reminder that when we doubt, we are, it is not of God and we are fighting a spiritual battle with doubt. And so I think that, oh, it's just, that was really good. Like I needed that reminder. <laughs> so thank you. I did. I did too. <laughs> that's a, that's just preaching to myself over here. Well, just... that's the beauty of this podcast is that yeah. we're just, you know, we're doing it as we go along and as we're learning. So I think it's amazing how you can read something from scripture a thousand times and it still be as meaningful and as impactful in your life as it was the first day that you found it in yeah. the Bible and read it. Yeah. Um, it's Jesse, so uh, what do you do when you start to doubt your calling or you realize that you've been doubting? Uh, yeah, I um, I have a bit of a different experience, which I think will be good. Um, so people can see kind of two different perspectives. Yeah. I have definitely been in the position of the doubt that is spiritual warfare, the doubt that is uh, the enemy planting that in your head because he loves nothing more than to make us doubt ourselves and doubt our abilities and doubt what Christ has called us to. But I think more recently what I have dealt with is some legitimate discernment of if God was calling me to something new. So I felt clearly called to Wales to spend the year of 2020 in Wales working for Hope Church. And then coronavirus came about and I have been home for the last three months. Like I have now been home in Jacksonville as long as I was in Wales. So when I started to think about making plans to return, I couldn't explain it. It just felt, I felt this sense of being unsettled. And I started then the death of the, I shouldn't say the death, the murder of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd happened. I think what will be our modern day civil rights movement has started in the United States. And Jacksonville is my hometown. I've lived here my entire life. And God has grown a heart in me for my city like I've never had before in this time at home. And Jacksonville is a city with some major race issues and inequality. And I started to feel like, what if God is actually asking me to stay home? What if I am to be home and not return and join this fight against racial inequality here in my hometown? And I was really struggling with that. Meanwhile, having all of these desires to plant roots, I would love to own a house, start a family, like really 
I mean, I have roots here in Jacksonville, but to like consciously make that choice to plant myself here for the long haul. Get back to serving in the church. Yeah. So, and those are all good things. And that's where I struggle is when you have desires, conflicting desires, and they're all good things. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like, it's not unbiblical to do either one of those things. Mm -hmm. And so what then? And I am really blessed to be a part of a disciple group uh, at Hope. They would call them like Hope Communities, but it's a small group of people at my home church that's all long-term missionaries. So it's all people that are on mission and some have been brought home through COVID. Some are still on the field, but we talked about it last week and it was the first clarity that I have felt regarding this. And so I wanted to share the advice that was given to me with you all. Uh, My friend Charlie said, he has so much wisdom. He said, Jesse, I need, I, I think you need to practice the discipline of silence. You need to spend more time listening to God. Mm. And that really hit me. And he said, when you do that, you can actually create the space to listen to what God is telling you to do when you clear your mind of it. And it reminded me of the scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians 14. It's speaking specifically to like worship gatherings, but it's just a scripture that I think of a lot is that God is not a God of confusion. He is not trying to confuse us. And so he will give us a clear word. And Charlie told me that the last, he goes, the last clear word that you had from God was to go to Wales and to go to Wales for the year. Mm -hmm. And unless and until you hear another clear word from God that you are clearly being called to another place, you act on the last clear word that you heard and be obedient to that. And that was exactly what I needed because I haven't heard a clear word. I have felt so confused. I've not had clarity. And then to just realize like, you know what? God's not trying to confuse me here. He's not clearly telling me to stay home, that that's more about my homesickness and my desire to be here with my family um, in my home (laughs) and less about him clearly calling me to something else. But for now, I know that I'm called clearly to return to Wales and to finish out the year there. And just to share a cool story and how God can really show up for us. So I had that disciple group meeting last week. I then afterwards left to go for a walk and I had the podcast that I wanted to listen to on my walk already. And I leave the house and I go to pull up the podcast and to get it playing. And I, I use AirPods and my AirPods would not connect to my phone. They just, the Bluetooth was not working. My AirPods would not connect. And 
I realized in that moment, like, oh, okay, God, we're, we're going to do this walk in silence. Like we're going to do this walk and I'm not going to have anything to listen to right after I was told about the discipline of silence and needing to practice it. So that happened. And then on the way back, when I got done with the walk and I'm walking back into the house, this weird, like this thought just popped in, like you should check the mail. And I don't check them. I don't know. I'm bad at checking the mail. I'm terrible at it. I feel like I have my life together in a lot of ways. Checking the mail regularly is not one of them. (laughs) And, but it was like, I just felt led to go and check the mail. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this or anything. It was just like a random thought that popped in my head. And so Mm -hmm. I go to get the mail and I'm like, huh, there's a box in the mail. Interesting. I look at the box. The box came from Wales. Interesting. So I go in the house. I get all excited because it was like the return address was from Lizzie. And I'm thinking like, oh, I got like a package from Lizzie. And I open it up and it's artwork from kids at the church. It's letters from people. It was so like Ben sent a package of crumpets. And (laughs) it's all these letters of encouragement and people telling me how looking how much they were looking forward to me being back there. Mm. And so I share all of this because that to me is so clearly God's timing to have that meeting, then to go on this walk in silence and then to be open to that thought that was planted in my head to go and check the mail Because sometimes we're so distracted, we don't even hear that stuff or we just Mm -hmm. brush it off. And to go and check the mail and then to get that package and read those letters exactly when I did is what I needed. And it it was so clear to me in that moment of reading through that stuff, like, yep, I'm this is where I'm going back. I'm going back. And these are the people that God has called me to serve and to be with in this time. So that's my encouragement. Get quiet and listen to God. It's funny. My dad, it's not insensitive the way that he says shut up, but it's a, he says, uh, just specifically to me, he always tells me two ears, one mouth (laughs) because I talk more than I listen. And so like this one time I asked him a question about what God had to say and, and God was telling my dad to tell me to listen. (laughs) That was what the response was. And so my dad was just like, well, listen to what he says. And then I started talking. He's like, two ears, one mouth, shut up. (laughs) So it's tough for me because I feel like I do that. And so a lot of the things that I'm feeding myself are good. The podcasts I listen to mostly are Christian. They're sermons or they're biblically based. It's Christians chatting. Uh, Social media can be like checking in on what my friends are doing. But especially with the podcast, I can, and music even, I can start to feel like, well, that's like, that's my growth and development. Like that's my spiritual growth. But too much of a good thing is can be a bad thing. And so even me stepping away from that, like me, I went and I looked at the podcast that I subscribed to and I unsubscribed from some because it's too much. 
and recommitted to doing a day off of social media every week, just creating a little bit more space to listen. Mm. So even taking a break from the good stuff. That's awesome. Providing opportunities. Yeah. Shall we transition to highs and lows? Yes. So Um, we'll again do lows first so that we end on a high. Right. Definitely. Uh, So my, I would say my low is just those for for the week is the similar things of the everyday challenges. I can't say that there was anything specific for me throughout the week that just made it low. Everyday challenges, you know, uh, cooking and then cleaning immediately after yourself, uh, doing the dishes, laundry, uh, everything that has to do with life in general instead of just being a couch potato and doing nothing. Honestly, it, it's, it would be so easy if you just became a couch potato and nothing else. Um, so doing that, you know, that, that work, having that structured time, providing like having the self-discipline, I should self-discipline of doing um, everything to the best of your ability and in a, in a time frame that's manageable and um, and still finding rest and all that. So how about yourself? What is a, a low for you? First, I'll say I relate to that. Sometimes it feels like a never-ending cycle, doesn't it? Of like making yourself food, cleaning up the dishes, a couple hours later, make yourself food, clean up the dishes. A couple hours later, it just feels like, is this what I'm going to do over and over for the rest of my life? Yep. Yep, it is. <laughs> so I relate. Uh, but my low from the week is, I will educate you all if you're not aware, but apparent, I, this is the first I've ever heard of it. There's something called the Saharan dust cloud that makes its way across the southern United States every year. Well, you might ask, how are you just learning about this if it happens every year, Jesse? Well, apparently this is the worst year, like, since the 1970s. So before I was born, for the Saharan dust cloud, this dust comes from Saharan Africa, travels across the Atlantic, can like the Caribbean, all of that. And it's dust that can literally go one to two miles into the atmosphere. Massive dust cloud. And wow. it blocks the sky. Like <laughs> you can't see. It's just like a hazy sky. It's, it's worse bizarre. than fog. Yeah. And, but like higher up. And it causes it to be really hard to breathe outside. Mm. So like if you have asthma or anything, like people I know who had asthma just had to stay inside all weekend. Mm. I was here all weekend. I don't have asthma. And one of the days before I really knew what was going on, I think it was Friday, I went to go out for a run. And within like five minutes, I was like, I can't, I can't take a full breath. I feel like I can't take a full breath into my lungs and I had to stop running and I walked instead but 
I mean, it kept me away from the beach all weekend. It kept me inside mostly, and I was not mm. a fan. So that was my low. And it was hot too this week Very. too, wasn't it? What was the temperatures? I think like actual temperatures were around 95, 96 degrees, but the feels like was over 100. And what did you say that was in uh, Celsius the other day? I think... Yesterday. Good question. Did you say 47 degrees? No, I think it was in the 40s. I think in the low 40s is like the feels like that we had. Yeah, like today... Hang on. Today, it's 32 outside right now. It's just mm. after 10 a.m. The high is 35. The feels like right now is 38. But let me look at what that is in Fahrenheit. So, yeah, the high in Fahrenheit is 94. The feels like right now is 100. Mm. Wow. So cool. 38 is 100. And yesterday, the feels like was 41. So when you were talking about 41, I, I came in at the wrong time in the conversation. I thought you were talking about degrees, and I'm like, how would Florida be that cold? Right. That's why I asked if you wore it, were wearing a coat. But Yeah, so. It's really great. What's your high from the week, Isaac? Okay, so I got a book um, in the mail called Let's Just Laugh at That. And it's something that my sister, she was like, hey, bub. Why don't you um, look this up? She get it. It's pretty cool. And it's basically, you know, um, let's just laugh at this lie. And so the lie, the first lie is, it's not my personality to be joyful or to laugh much. And then laughable assumptions behind this lie. Uh, one of them, I'm just going to say one of them. Um, I cannot be joyful until my circumstances change. And then you're supposed to laugh at it like, <laughs> Because it's a lie. Uh And then one of the scriptures for um, the truth is we can, we can, we all can and need to walk in abundant joy and laughter. So one of the scriptures for that is the joy of the Lord is truly our strength. And that's from Nehemiah eight verse 10. And then, you know, it scroll down this page and it says, there's gives you three strategies to overcome this lie. Um, you know, one of them is received by faith and not by feeling. Many think that if they don't feel something happening in them, then nothing is happening to them. This thinking is backwards. God's pattern is that we believe and then experience, not experience, then believe. And then they have Mark 11, verse 24, as their reference in scripture to it. And so, and at the bottom, then they have declarations that you can you can have like god's joy is my strength my daily hearty laughter is part of my is part of my life and then the third one i encounter god by faith not by feelings so it's just one of those one of those things where you can peruse through um each day and look at um what a scripture talk about god makes a way where there seems to be no way yeah um and just come I don't say that you have to ever agree with anything that an author writes, an author writes, um, but I would say it's really good uh, source material um, to work with. So, right. and, and I have it. Mail, isn't it? Yeah, that too. It's getting things in the mail is awesome. 
So I, I specifically haven't read this book all the way through. And so I'm not, I'm not suggesting anyone buy it just yet. Um, but but if you do everybody just disclaimer, I, I I haven't read it all. So just first page and that's it. That's, that's what we have for, uh, well, I haven't shared my high. Oh, oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I thought you'd Jesse, what, what is your, um, what is your high for this week? Okay. This just came to mind. Cause you were talking about like getting mail. I have found something that I am bringing back with me to Wales that you are going to be, it's for you. You are going to be over the moon about. Are you ready? Gravy. No. Ranch. What goes with gravy? Biscuits. Yes. I found (laughs) a biscuit mix that just comes in like a little packet. Mm-hmm. Bisquick, I think it's Bisquick. Oh, that and you is just awesome. add water. That is awesome. So dry mix. I even tried them out because I was like, these have to be good. I'm not just going to bring garbage biscuits to him. They're fantastic. Like surprisingly good for a just add water biscuit. I never thought about that. So, and it's like a dollar a packet. So. I'm going to bring you a a stock of (laughs) biscuit mix. They do it for pancakes. So I don't see it. I never would have thought about it though for biscuits. I searched in the grocery store for you. So I will be bringing them back. Get ready. Friends in Wales will be making you real American biscuits. As as a group. Yeah. 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 So that's one. That's kind of like a a side note. But my real high is – uh, just time with family. Like I got to see my niece and nephew this weekend and hang out with them. And they're just such a joy. I know sometimes Reagan, daddy, lets you listen to this in the car with him. So if you're listening, hi, Reagan. And she is just, she's seven and she's like a little human. And I mean, she is a little human, but like, you know what I mean. About seven years old. <laughs> she's at this Sorry. age where she's just so fun to talk to. And because she's still young enough to have that curiosity and wonder about the world, but old enough to have an intellectual conversation with. And I just love her so much. And, and my nephew is like the cutest child alive. And so precious. And what's your nephew's name? Brady. Brady, how old he is he? He doesn't like listening to podcasts, so he's probably not listening mm. right now. Uh, but yeah, it was really fun to get to spend time with them. So that's good. It's mine. And that does it. That 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 or, finally, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now. we're done with episode eleven. Finished. And we'll see you guys next week yes subscribe like it rate it scale one to ten it better be a 10 out of 10 (laughs) don't bother rating if you're not going to give us five stars so (laughs) oh it's out of stars yeah Uh, five stars yeah but thanks for joining us and we hope you all have a great week bye bye